It's a podcast about birds of prey and in the fan tapers and bits of page of one Harley Quinn and heard you saw his back and this podcast is timely. Goodness, welcome to this perfectly natural conversation that we're already having, you know? Uh, yes, this feels perfectly natural. I feel very engaged by the sort of fun camaraderie that these two people have on this podcast. Indeed. Yeah, I'm drawn in and I feel like I'm part of the family. I'm going to get all parasocial about it. Maybe I'll tweet at one of the handsome co-hosts and be like, Hey, how's it going? Love your work. This is all just a con. Indeed. Welcome back to Heard You Saw. Um, I am joined this evening by Jim. Hello. It's been a while since you've been on the show, Jim. Uh, yeah, I think the last one was Cats. Yeah. Oh God, you were on... Were I, you on I, Cats? I begged to be on Cats. Oh, you were on... Yeah, because we all went out for dinner. It was at Christmas, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. yeah. Ah, good times. Well, times. <laughs> yes, we were there. It happened. Yeah. Um... Today, uh, an unplanned podcast, uh, Jim turned to me this evening as I was sitting around in my giving up trousers and said, hey, I'm going to go and watch uh, Birds of Prey. Do you want to come too? Well, I actually never invited. I just assumed that you had already planned to do a podcast with the regular crew with that film. So I just said, oh, I'm just going to go see this film. And then you were like, yeah, I could do that. I was like, oh, okay, fine. You're, you're along for the ride. That's yeah, none of, no one in the crew is particularly interested in this movie really? i mean it's not really a priority because like the weird flailings of the dc expanded universe is not really something <laughs> that we're super invested in um but we're going to begin as ever with a round of one line hot takes okay jim your one line hot take about birds of prey the fantabulous emancipation of one harley quinn that's all right all right that's a that's a very <laughs> pithy one line hot take uh and for one my one line hot take uh, I really enjoyed um, Evil Ewan McGregor. <laughs> that's that's my main take. I yeah. think he was fucking great. Having a whale of a time. Really fun performance. Like, well-written character. But before we get to that, uh, Jim, do you want to assist me in recounting... Oh, the plot. Well, maybe not the whole uh, plot, because we're going for a short that, I mean, a, a, Yeah, a lot happened. Uh, the premise, I, at least. Uh, okay, so uh, Harley Quinn has broken up with the Joker... Uh, who and who is uh, conspicuous by his absence in this movie? Indeed, no Jared Leto. That's a heard you saw guarantee. He's the Godot we're waiting for. Um, and <laughs> and so she's trying to make it on her own as a mercenary bounty hunter, like doer of crime. Yep. Uh, and uh, there's Would... a diamond, and yes. the diamond. In the molecular code, the diamond is the um, the details of the secret mob um, money stash. You're doing great. Um, this is this is incredible. And um, Cassandra Kane, uh, young uh, like um, Oliver Twist, except <laughs> Arthur Dodger. That's what I'm thinking. Of. <laughs> I thought we were going to get, like, the word street rats coming out of your mouth, but you went to a different place and I loved it. Pickpocket uh, has stolen the diamond and was then immediately um, taken... uh, By the police. Arrested is the word. By the police. And in her bids not to have her her spoils taken from her, she swallowed the diamond. Now, as it happens, there are a lot of people who want that diamond. Yes. Uh, And... Ewan uh, McGregor. Ewan McGregor wants that diamond. Um, and he's hired a load of people. He's put a half a million dollar bounty on 
the diamond. Yes. Or rather, the girl with the diamond. Uh, and uh, he was going to kill Harley Quinn, but then Harley Quinn is like, no, I'll get that diamond for you because you conspicuously talked about it as you entered the room, so I'm going to use that. Um, and he, he was like, fine, I won't kill you today, I'll kill you tomorrow if you don't get me that diamond. Uh, and then he's like, okay, but then also everyone else can go after the diamond. So everyone is after Harley Quinn because now that they know that she's not with the Joker, she's like... Like, everyone hates her everyone because... hates her and like oh well the joke's not going to do shit about it if we kill her uh, so everyone's after Harley everyone's after the kid after, everyone's after both Harley and the kid indeed um, and they're trying to make her poop out this diamond um, <laughs> you said poop <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, when like somebody somebody sells Harley out she sort of realises that maybe she was being a bit soft on this kid by not like cutting her open to get the diamond uh, and realising all of her problems could go away if she just sells the kid to evil Ewan McGregor uh, and she's not proud of that decision but she's going to do it um, I'm amazed that we've gotten this far in the film and you have I'd not have mentioned to... any of the three other uh, okay, yeah, characters I'm... who are significant yeah meanwhile there's Lady Cop who is Renee Montoya who is not uh, respected in her field uh, and she knows about this diamond. She wants the diamond because uh, she wants to arrest you. Yeah, she wants to arrest Rio McGregor and knows um, that if he gets the diamond, he'll take over this town. And uh, more so than he already has done already. But and uh, not just the East End. No. Um, and he'll get all of Tower Hamlets. <laughs> and so then uh, she is like uh, there's uh, we've got um, what was her name the Black Canary, Black Canary yep. uh, who is was the singer but she can also do fights and New McGregor finds this out and hires her as her driver because as we all know drivers need to fight which um, it's legs you can kick good you can press pedals good okay logic um, uh, but she's has clearly has moral qualms about what's going on and despite initially rejecting the um, policewoman's uh, like request to give her information she starts slipping information to this uh to this co-op um and, and then it's found out and then victor zaz is there and he, uh, he wants to cut up everyone and that's then, his whole deal and I mean, then yeah. there's and then um oh then there's um ramona flowers uh, <laughs> um helena bertinelli yeah aka uh, huntress aka the crossbow killer yeah and she's going around and killing everyone uh, a bunch of people with crossbows we don't know what her deal is for a long time it seems to be related but not uh, but it turns out um, she is the daughter of the mob family that were all massacred and uh, that mob family they were the ones who owned the diamond and it's her fortune by right and so she want, that's why she wants the diamond well no really she wants to exact revenge by killing all the people who were responsible for the killings uh, for, of her family yep. and the diamond is sort of like related but not um, and then at the end of the film because of various reasons ruses uh, they all shenanigans up, they all end up at the, the the meet point together which is uh, an abandoned amusement park um and um where the where the swap was going to go down where harley was going to hand over the trials to uh evil ewan mcgregor uh but um then but then evil ewan mcgregor like had, has found out that uh Black Canary. Black Canary has double-crossed him, and so he's come there with an army, and Harley Quinn is like, hey, this guy and his army hates all of us for various reasons. We have to team up and work together. And they're like, okay, and then uh, a big fight happens. They do that. Uh, they team up. They team up, and uh, Black Canary uses her voice powers, uh, which had sort of been set up, but not. 
Um, and then they do go on a, like, Harley Quinn has roller skates, they do a, a chase, um, Huntress falls off of her bike, uh, and then it's just Harley at the end with uh, Evil Ewan McGregor holding um, uh, Cassandra Kane hostage, uh, and then um, a grenade that was Chekhov's gunned earlier and had me thinking the whole time, why aren't they using those grenades they said they had? Um, turned out, like, uh, because she's a pickpocket, Cassandra Kane put the grenade in Evil Ewan McGregor's pocket, and they throw him off a pier and he blows up. Uh, and then they're all happy in the end because uh, Harley steals their car, but still they have the diamond. I have uh, a question about the ending, which we'll get to, but yeah, yeah so... Uh, yeah, and so, so then the other three form the Birds of Prey, yeah. and Harley sets up her business for real, and takes on Cassandra as her, an apprentice, yes. and gets her fucking egg sandwich. Yes. Oh, End yes, there's a the whole thing about the egg sandwich. End of movie. Okay, Jim, what did you make of this bop? Well, so... This bop, B.O.P., Birds of Prey, you like that? Little bop? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm glad you explained it to me, because I did not <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, the way we... we but before we went, we were like, because I had seen like good reviews of this film on Twitter, or more people responding to bad faith criticism. That like, oh, there's mm. lots of people criti like critiquing it, whiny piss babies being like, Harley Quinn's not sexy enough. I want um, my pee pee hard in the cinema. Yeah, and I was like, well, okay, that's you know any film that's led by women, like they're gonna react that way. Um, and also like people like saying like, oh, it's a flop when actually it's like number one in the box office even though it's like n number one at this moment still means like do it in terms of superhero films not doing very well yeah so, you looked up the statistic and it's the worst opening weekend for a dc movie since jonah hex yeah but jonah he hex did quite a bit worse than it so true it's but like, it's still not it's still a, it's still limping a bit behind yeah. honestly they're not massively commercially well I forget the exact numbers, but I know, like, DC um, superhero movies have not broken it very often into that hallowed mega Marvel, mega no. money, let's all go to the bank and throw money at each <laughs> other level of money. Um, but with all of that, that was our premise going yeah. in. So, well, we, we sort of, like, you know, we were discussing like, different responses to it. We heard lots of mixed things. Uh, you put forth the phrase that uh, you think it might be quite a, a Marmite film. In that well, yeah, because... Members of the crew, Shay and Morton, um, said that the director, um, fuck who I did know her name earlier this evening, but now I've forgotten. Hold on, I'll um, it is her last name. Julianne? Fuck. Anyway, Annie Yan? Maybe. Um, you look it up. But yeah, basically, apparently her films are either Kathy, quite... Kathy Yan. Kathy Yan. Either her films are quite good, or they are really bad. Because yeah. Shay and Morton said they saw her last film, which was Dead Pigs, and they hated it. Um, EJ also apparently watched the first 10 minutes of this film at a midnight screening and they walked out. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm very curious as to what precise point they, they walked out. Well, it was midnight, so I, could, I don't blame them for being like, I'm not for this at this yeah. particular time. But, um, yeah, so and it always seems to be that with these Marmite things, um, I go into them and just think, yeah, it's okay. Like, I, I never have strong feelings towards them one way or the other. And that's mm. sort of my response to this. There are things I liked, there are things that... I, I never said there was a point that I, I, I actively disliked, but more there's just like, oh, there was stuff that I just did not care for. Yeah. Um, and, and, so I, and so while there was some stuff that I really enjoyed, uh, I was never properly invested 
That's. I think that's pretty fair. I, I, I feel like my reaction is kind of similar. I, I highlighted to you before we went into the cinema, Jim, that like, well, I already know I'm not going to like what they do with Cassandra Kane. And you know what? You didn't? Really did not. I, the thing that I just kept thinking is like, why is this Cassandra Kane? That's what I thought. I why like, is this Cassandra like, Kane? Like, what, what name, what was the point of giving this character that name? Yeah, you could have made that anybody. Yeah. You could have made up a whole new character. You could have used fucking, ah, uh, I'm trying to think of a lesser known DC lady character who it could have been. Uh, someone, you could have made that, oh, what's her fucking name? Um, Stephanie... Step fucking um, orphan or the uh, third Robin girl Robin, mm. you know, make it her like that would have been fine because I don't give a shit about the character <laughs> and like it, you know and she's much less interesting than Cassandra is as she is in the comics and I'm trying to try not to harp on this too much but I really wish that this was not what we were doing with Cassandra Kane. Because you basically erased everything that made that character who she is. Ah! You know, and, and even if they were to do a Birds of Prey 2, where Cassandra Kane maybe discovers that she, uh, foster, you know, she as an orphan, her actual biological parents are David Kane and Lady Shiva. I'm like, yes, but also she has no relationship to them. Yeah. Which was kind of the whole deal of her series, because it was like has incredibly toxic, dark relationship with her father, finds out who her mother is, and then immediately ends up getting murdered by her, and then brought back to life by her, because Lady Sheba's crazy like that. You know, and it's all fucking... She couldn't speak because she was raised with violence as her primary form of language. Mm. Like, she was a fuck... There was so much going on with her character. I loved her. Yeah. But, you know, I knew that that was not what this is going to be. So, I'm just... It's Constantine Syndrome to the max. Mm. Except I didn't really like the character either. <laughs> I was just like, fucking God, I just... Uh. Anyway. Mm. Um... I'm going to try and focus on things that I enjoyed. Yes. Ewan McGregor, I greatly enjoyed. Yeah, he was great. I liked that he was both threatening, but also pathetic. Yeah. Like, I fucking loved the bit when he was showing Black Canary all of the dumb, like, white people gap year shit yeah. he has in his breakfast nook. <laughs> Just him being all like, oh, these are my acupuncture statues. I went traveling to far off lands. I'm just like, oh my God. Like, yeah, I did quite like, you know, he's like, you know, first explaining in, in accurate detail um, like, like why there was a shrunken head in his breakfast nook, yeah. as it shall henceforth be known. Yeah. And then just being like, and then they shrunk his head. Now it's in my in my dining room. Isn't that gross? Yeah. I, like, I I like that he had these sort of pretensions of being like suave and sophisticated, but really he just was like fucking lame. Mm. I quite like in a similar vein to like Kylo Ren. It's like I enjoy a slightly lame villain in some respects. Yeah. It's good fun. Um, Although I was a little bit baffled by the homoerotic tension between him and Victor Zaz. Like, yeah. that, in that scene, I was like, why is Victor Zaz there? Why is Victor Zaz always around? Why is he giving them a back rub? Yeah. And I was just like... Is this... Is this... What? Because it's not very explicit queer coding in any other way. No. Uh, not not to a point where it would annoy me that, oh great, we have another queer coded villain. Hmm. Uh, but I was just like, what's, what's their deal? Yeah. Victor Zaz, hmm. Victor Zaz in the comics is like a weird. He's like he's like the murder man. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm You're, are you familiar with I'm Zaz familiar in the comics? With, I'm, not, I mean, I barely 
read any actual superhero comics, uh, and I don't think any... No, I've read The Killing Joke. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's quite good. I mean, it's, it's okay. You know, it's, um, it's not like... It's like... But I'm, I'm familiar with Victor Sayers from the Arkham games. Oh. Uh, and, and so, yeah, the whole, like... When I sort of realised, when they called him Zaz, I was like, oh, oh, that's that guy. That guy. He's a lot more crazy in the games. Yeah. And, and I'm glad that, like, he at least, like, they do, like, it wasn't just sort of lip service to the character because at the end he did sort of explain his deal and that he has a scar for every person he kills. And he's yeah. like, I'm saving a spot for you. It's like, yeah, that's the point of the character. I'm not sure if this was, like, the most interesting thing you could have done with him, but I'm glad it's not just, he's just not called Zaz because he's a guy with Yeah, I, I give you that. I, I, Zaz in the comics is a lot more like, I'm going to talk at great length in weird philosophical ways about being the Avatar God Murder Man. Like, you know, like his whole deal is that he doesn't technically have any powers, but he's just real good at murder. That's his deal. Like, he's just weirdly good at it. He'll find ways you're like, I didn't know you could kill someone with that. You know, and it's kind of like, it's just right on the edge of vaguely supernatural. It's like, mm. sort of like, but how did he do that with like just a fucking toothbrush or whatever? Mm. He's like, you know, the, the John Wick of serial killers, you know, with a fucking pencil you know that kind of thing i but i know what you mean I, the dynamic between um black mask and victor zaz was odd yeah i didn't dislike it but i was like i just don't really feel yeah. like we know what we're doing there's there a few thing moments like that where it's like you're doing something but i don't know what it is uh the bit that stuck stuck out most uh was when they uh harley quinn had been brought in by black mask and they were gonna kill her and then she was like no i can get your diamond yeah and he like agrees but hits her in the head yeah uh, and are they going the that, Marilyn monroe bit yeah and that oh Marilyn i really liked that that's a, no that's the thing yeah i loved that that was great i was like this is fucking weird and amazing more of that um, but the whole time i was wondering what are you saying with this yeah like why like, I love it, yeah. but but also, oh, and then it ended abruptly. I was like, what was that? Yeah. I, I feel like with Harley herself, okay, so a thing I'm going to say up front that I did not like about this movie, Okay. there was too much voiceover, a lot of tell rather mm. than showing. And I know they were doing the thing of like trying to tell their story in like a non-linear fashion, yeah, which, which is always daring, but also, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, they, I, I don't, like, I want to say that they just about, managed it but i'm not sure it, it they managed it in the sense that i didn't feel really lost at any point no. but at the same time i was kind of like what's this necessarily adding in the way of like my experience of the film yeah and it, a uh, yeah, lot yeah, of it was it, just like it did cause the problem when she like there's, there's when she you're introduced to the scene where she like goes into the um cop place police station that's um, that's where the cops she, are like and you she, mean the pig pen gym <laughs> when she goes there like with uh, a sparkly rocket launcher which, which i did like that which that, was that was cool it was fun but like the, because of the way the plot is structured like not not only do you not know why she's doing that, she full on lampshades that you don't know why she's doing that, and says, "Oh, in order for you to understand this, let me go back and explain." Yeah. And but by that point, we've already had this whole scene. So while while it didn't necessarily take me out of it, I was thinking, "Why is she doing this?" And you sort of accept it because Harley Quinn is crazy and does what she fucking wants. Yeah. But still, the plot felt the plot even felt the need to acknowledge that we are introducing. A scene without explaining why, why it's happening. See, here's the thing that I you you've used the word crazy there, oh. and here's the thing I wanted to touch upon is that I didn't really quite 
ever necessarily feel I really got where what they were trying to do with Harley mm. as a character because it's like she's erratic, you yeah. know, to a certain extent and very impulsive. Um, she's not crazy in the sense that like apart from that one Marilyn Monroe bit when she was, you know, experiencing head trauma, she didn't have any like delusions. No. She didn't have any particularly weird or idiosyncratic behaviors that would be outside of just like, I'm super into like being a juggalo. Mm. You know, it's like, I wanted, I wouldn't have, I kind of felt like I would have liked her to sort of maybe be a bit more off kilter. Mm. Like there was the bit where she and Cassandra were having cereal at the apartment, right? Mm -hmm. After, you know, they've sort of made friends and robbed a grocery store. And I was like, I kind of would have liked... It was a nice moment of, like, togetherness. And we have the thing of Harley going, And in case you haven't understood the scene, I quite like having the kid around. We're watching cartoons. Yeah. And I'm like, we, we can see. It's okay. <laughs> I understand the emotional journey that's happening here. But I think it would have been maybe a little more interesting if they'd had that kind of... Like, you're... It's a nice domestic scene, but there's a quality to Harley Quinn that you're not necessarily safe. Mm. Like, you don't necessarily know how she's going to react because yeah. she has experienced massive and destabilizing trauma. And I would have maybe liked them to sort of invest it. Because this is kind of meant to be a character study of Harley Quinn as a character, right? Yeah. A character or study of a yeah. character. Um, but I feel like they kind of shied away from really getting into her motivations. Yeah. It was more like, everyone hates me because I'm an asshole. Because yeah. I was with the Joker. Which is maybe but why, I'm actually a good egg. Maybe why I never fully invested with her, because that was her trait. It was just like, oh, I, I'm impulsive and that makes me an asshole. Uh, except I do also seem to have this moral centre in that uh, I, wouldn't, I, I would never have handed over the kid until I did. And then I feel really bad about it. And it's like, you're right in that it, it, the film never seemed to want to clearly define like what her deal was and mm. like i did i did at least like that um because i think there's a thing that's very easy to forget about harley quinn um that she uh, is a psychologist mm. and the film at least remembered that yes like not only like, because they told you but also it was used as like, in, a device in the plot in that whenever she was with a person she could diagnose them yeah that was uh, fun I that, liked that that I liked and, just yeah. like, and even to the point where she's like people call her stupid and she said I have a PhD yeah um, and I, I and I think it, it's yeah it would be very easy to just oh she's uh, she's kind of dumb and she's erratic and, and like that's all she is I'm glad that they at least had that note that no, no she can read people very well yeah I, I will say one thing I really liked I really enjoyed um, Huntress <laughs> being a fucking giant nerd. Like, because, yeah, I was just like, great. I like that she's awkward. And like, I was raised by two assassins in Cyprus and I don't know how to be cool. And the, who do you think I am? Who am I? It's a crossbow killer. Like, I liked that people weren't really getting on board with her yeah. big name and shit like that. And she was just sort of socially awkward i i feel like she was very much the well uh, what's the name of the uh the black ghostbuster oh i don't remember the name of any of the ghostbusters winston yeah was it winston she's the winston in the sense that she turns up midway through the movie and never really gels yeah. with the rest of the team properly but everyone acts like that she has and i was like what, <laughs> what? okay what 
Um, what did you make of Rene Montoya? Uh, the cop. Yeah, I, I did need the clarification. <laughs> um, I, I, I would have got there, but... Um, I don't have strong feelings. Um, I like that... Um, that she was a female cop who was given a male cop story mm. and that she was an alcoholic and, you know, and that she was, like, really super invested in this case. Uh, but also with the added, um, like, thing that you could only have with a female cop in that she experiences um, sexism in the workplace. Mm. Um, but um, also, but yeah, I never felt very strongly about her because it's like it was never fully... Given time to breathe. Well, it was more just like she's an antagonist, but also we're rooting for her. Um, she needs to be in the Birds of Prey, Jim. Yeah, but yeah, for a lot of the films, she's at odds with the motivations of the rest of the characters. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. yeah. I think that kind of like, or you know, shrug and grunt noise <laughs> is probably my overall feeling on this movie. Yeah. Which is slightly a shame because I went in like sort of saying, I want to like this. I want to, you know, mm. show willing that, I mean, because here's what I'll say. It felt totally distinct from like other superhero movies. It's a hard R in the sense that there's some quite graphic gore. There's a lot of F-bombs. You know, it's very much leaning into the fact that it has a... What rating was this? A 15 or an 18? I don't know. I assume... I'll have a look. I, would just, I think it might just, just about be a 15. Um, but it might be... It's a hard 15. Like, there's some... There's a sequence where Harley really... Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a 15. Yeah, there's a sequence where Harley really breaks the shit out of a dude's legs. Yeah, I did not enjoy that. Yeah, I saw you Twitch. Like, yeah, but that, you know, that, that I, stuff affects me. And I was just all like, dang, you know... <laughs> And I quite like that this felt more appropriate for a villain, well, ostensibly a villain story, as it mm. were, that they were having things be a bit grimier, be a bit more violent, be a bit more, you know, sweary mm. and kind of like... Which is, which is maybe, I struggle with that um, because, uh, like, I really, I rarely get on board with those sorts of film that sort of... Um, take joy in um that kind of gore and mm. uh like not necessarily that it features it but it sort of like that thinks it's fun uh the example that springs to mind is wanted um i really didn't like how much fun that was having with being so gross and disgusting i've not seen it um, because i read the comic <laughs> and i'm not allowed to say anything more because if i do i will have to donate to charity that's okay. my rule um and and this film sort of was in that territory a bit in that it was like look how like like oh look this person's leg is broken isn't that fun and I was like <laughs> no at the same time there were a lot of the fight scenes that I really enjoyed I really like highlight of the film for me mm. was um, the fight in the evidence locker I was with, gonna say with yeah. the with the baseball bat yeah like, baseball bat and cocaine that was yeah, a good time that was and actually I quite enjoyed the whole police suit like her with the with the glittery um, that was also the, good yeah. yeah or that like the glitter grenade launcher that was also that that was just a really nice like I thought that there was a lot of good visual elements in this yeah like. It had a lot of character in the setting for the most part. Like, I like, while I think the actual final fight scene in the abandoned amusement park was a 
bit of a mess in terms of how it was shot. Yeah, I was specifically because like all your all these other fights have been like oh they've been really clear. clear. Yeah. Whereas a lot of stuff is happening here and it's in an amusement park and the lighting is weird and there's a hall of mirrors and I was yeah. not following that very well. Yeah, I feel like that they kind of let that one down by doing relatively standard camera stuff where I think to make a, a sequence like that work in a space like that you need to get really quite adventurous with yeah. how you shoot it um but i still liked how it was a very unearthly kind of setting you know we were like there's these giant hands and people's tongues and walls mm. of mirrors and weird lighting and shit and like i i really enjoyed that I, I remember thinking when they were on the pier at the end, yeah, like where it's super misty and there's weird statues everywhere, and I was like, it's like some fucking Beauty in the Beast <laughs> castle shit. It was like I like that this is leading back into Gotham as somewhere that doesn't quite feel real. It felt more comic booky yeah. in terms of like how those locations felt, which I really quite enjoyed. Um, yeah. What, anything else that you particularly want to talk about here, Jim? Because we've we've done a how many minutes we done? We've done it. We're approaching half an hour. So yeah. you got anything um, significant you want to point out? Oh. What Black Canary thoughts on her? She was okay. Um, I do think it's a little odd. Like they did sort of establish her her voice powers. Yeah. Um, she exploded a cocktail. Right. She did. Right at the start. Um, so like it, it was a bit awkwardly Chekhov's gun in that like oh. Yeah, well, it, like, it's not, it didn't come entirely out of the blue, but it's sort of like, like, it does make you think, oh, she could do that all along, how does that affect things? Why, what, like, there clearly seems to be a reason why she's reluctant to do that. Well, there was that thing. bit where um, Montoya said, <laughs> was like, your mother used her powers to help the cops. And then she's like, yeah, well, my mother got killed in the street and yeah. no cops were there. And I'm like, is this a reference to, like, the fucking original Black Canary and the Justice Society? Which was a, well, I think, was a thing in like the fucking old comics. I, my memory's a bit hazy on that. And I'm like, maybe, okay, but also, what? Weird, weird choice. I don't quite get what we're reaching for here. So it's like she's become a singer in a nightclub and her mum was a vigilante. And the link between those two things is that she resented the police. So she joined up with a super villain. Mm. Yeah. But then I, I yeah. Also, I was just in in the scene where she was introduced. I was just got really annoyed that because uh, she was singing a song and the whole song was about the whole scene was like, oh, she has an amazing voice, but every time she would like reach the sort of crescendo of a line or would reach like was about to like hit the high note, someone would talk over her, either Harley on the voiceover or you mm. and McGregor, and I was just like, like the point is about her singing, like let her sing. You could yeah, you could have solved that moment better. I yeah it. I just feel like that there were certain parts of connective tissue that just weren't quite there. Mm. I think there is... I don't think this is a bad film. No. I just want to be, be clear I about would, that. I, like, I'm not sure I'd watch the whole thing again, but I'd definitely watch uh, some of the fight scenes on YouTube. I... Eh, yeah, maybe the uh, Evidence Locker one, yeah. maybe. But I'm, you know I'm very snobbish about fight <laughs> scenes. And like they were fine, but they... I th I, it, it, I wouldn't say it's bad, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but at the mm. same time, like, I think there was a better film in this. Mm. I think the thing is, I think they tried to be a little 
maybe a little too clever in some yeah, cases. It felt a bit hat on a hat, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, especially after the, um, the as we've mentioned, the, the Marilyn Monroe scene, my response to that was like, like you, you think you're being cleverer than you are, but I'm just not sure what it, fully sure what it is you're trying to say. Mm. I think that's where I come back to as well, is like, I, I just like, you can't, why Cassandra Kane? <laughs> this is the thing I keep coming back to. The thing that really, like... Okay, you want to use name recognition, mm. quote-unquote, for a comics-only DC character who had a limited run and hasn't really done much since, sadly. She's got a new series out, which I'm looking to actually get because it looks quite good. It's a new take on the character. Oh. <laughs> um, but then you just turn her into a clone of Harley at the end. And I'm like, well, that's just literally erasing the character. It left a really bad taste in my mouth. I'm just like, that's what we're doing with... That's what Cassandra Kane is now mm. in the popular consciousness. Woof. Um, yeah, okay. It's not, it's not the popular consciousness because not very many people are seeing this film. Oof. Like, not nobody. But not enough. <laughs> yeah. This probably isn't going to get a sequel, is it? No, I don't think so. Oh, but then, like, everyone hated Suicide Squad and this is kind of a spin-off of Suicide Squad. It's true. I, okay, here's a question I've got for you. We mentioned the Joker is conspicuous by his absence. Yeah. Like, okay, so I've, I fall on two sides of this particular query. Is like, on the one hand, I think it's good if you're doing a Harley-focused movie to try and focus more on Harley than on her as a relationship to Joker. Mm-hmm. However, it does feel kind of weird that in a movie that's about her coming to terms with her own personality outside of her hyper-controlling and super-abusive relationship with Joker, you don't ever see her interact with Joker. Yeah. Which, like, like, on one hand... Really, it seems like he ought to have been the villain of the film that she ends up defeating. Yeah. I mean, the thing that I kept comparing it to is the Harley Quinn cartoon series that's come out recently, Mm. which emphatically and pointedly has her dealing with Joker and, like, trying to establish her own identity outside of it. But then... Again, that's that's a much weirder world. Yeah, but also if if we are to believe that uh, the only reason all of these people weren't killing Harley before is um, because she was under the protection of the Joker, and if we are to believe that um, there's a scene where um, uh, Cassandra Kane sees a picture of the, well a drawing of the Joker in the middle of a bullseye in Harley Quinn's flat and. Uh, doesn't know who he is, and Harley is surprised by that. If we yeah. are, if we are to believe that the Joker has the this sort of prominence in this world, and I'm not sure what's been set up in Suicide Squad because I didn't see it, um, but <laughs> but like if we are to believe all of that, he like his absence is especially conspicuous because the film establishes like oh this is the mob world of Gotham. Uh, and, Joker's a big fucking player. Yeah, he's a big player, and yet. Where like we're we're sort of led to believe that Sionis is the big player in well, this world. Well, Ewan McGregor's all like, he's he's a big player in the East End. Yeah. And then he's courting some other dude from the Golden Lions, and that's really all the gangs that we see. And I'm like, th- this is one of the things that's fun about the Harley cartoon series is that it draws upon the big stable of all of these different supervillains, mm. and it's like Two Face has a fucking gang. Bane has a gang, Scarecrow has a gang, Joker has a gang, Penguin's got a gang. Gotham's a very busy place yeah, in supervillain terms. That's what I quite enjoy about the Arkham games, and that like you have all these different factions, and yeah. uh, they have like 
relationships with each other, not just Batman. Yeah, and I think it's one of the things that's fun about the Harley Quinn cartoon is like it taps into that Venture Brothers esque feel of just like oh supervillains, but also they're people mm-hmm. and they have their own like you know tiny microaggressions and fucking rivalries and petty feelings and everyday shit that they have to deal with. And I think part of what's fun about Harley is that she is effectively a sort of hanger-on that got swept up into this world of, like, hyper-crazy fucking supervillains. And her trying to strike out on her own, I feel like you either need to have her make the conscious decision to be like, I'm going to be a supervillain, a la the cartoon, or I'm going to try and find out who I am outside of this crazy world, and in which case I think the tension would need to be Harley versus the supervillain community, sort Mm. of. Which just doesn't really exist in this, apart from, like, Sionis, who's just like, he, he's fun. Yeah, but Sionis, he doesn't necessarily represent... I mean, he, he's... Because he's, he's featured a bit in the Arkham game, so I, I, I am sort of familiar with him, but I always felt that he represents um, the, the mob, because the mob still has a presence in Gotham that is sort of distinct from the supervillains. Yeah. It's like the, the actions of um, the various mob families... Um, represents a different thing to Joker and his goons, or Bane and his goons. Yeah. What do you mean? We're all part of the same family. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> I go, it's a DC theme thing. I have to do Bane voice on this one. Okay, um, Jim, I'm going to push you for your final thoughts on um, Harley Quinn. No, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Um... It's alright. It's the same thing you said at the start. Got me something different. I'm gonna push you for something a little more. Uh, What's the message you want the people to take away with them? I mean... I have no strong feelings one way or the other. All you know is your heart says maybe? Yeah. Okay. I think that's fair. Um, And for my final thought... um, I would just recommend that people watch Venture Brothers because it'll tick a lot of the boxes. It's better written and there's more of it. Um, yeah, I tried to like it, but I'm sorry. Uh, Rip Cassandra Kane, I want you to have your own movie and be actual Cassandra Kane. I'm sorry, I'm a fucking fanboy, but this is who I am!